0: Hello, folks. Welcome to the Simmons on Simmons broadcast. This evening we have Coach Booker guiding. We had a little technical difficulty on our first run. We're going to try it again and see what's going oh, on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a connection issue, man, but I think we might be okay. good. I'm proud. Um, I hate to go back and go over stuff that we, that we discussed already, but you probably oh, need okay. to so people can hear it. Um, yeah. I'd like to, for people to get to know you better, get to understand who you are as a person and not just, uh, you know, the guy that coaches the Edison football team. I want to, I want this to get a little personal. And, you know, the cool part about it is, is that once the community gets to know you, they'll understand why I respect you and why other people respect you as much as they do. Um, okay. expl- explain that. to my listeners, explain to my listeners, uh, what it was like playing for Edison coming up back in the day.
1: Uh, playing for Edison was, was an awesome experience, especially when you're playing for a legendary coach. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he commanded uh, attention, he commanded respect. But the biggest thing that I loved about Coach Washington was that he, he taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to stand on my own two feet. And uh, he was the one that uh, my ninth grade year, when I wanted to play quarterback, he told me I could do anything I wanted to do as long as I believed in myself and I put the work in. So work ethic was a big thing that he taught me that has even carried over to today.
0: Now, when you came to Edison, you just said you just asked made a very interesting comment. When you came to Edison, you came <laughs> as a quarterback. You came as a quarterback. Yes.
1: Yeah, I wanted to play quarterback. Yes.
0: Okay. So now is was that the that was the position coach Washington
1: wanted you to, play, right? Actually, no. Uh, when I got <laughs> there, he didn't know I was a quarterback. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so he, he basically had us, he, he had all the quarterbacks show up that wanted to play quarterback. And so I was there, and uh, when I was throwing, he, he saw my throwing, and, and he asked me, this is this what you want to play? And I said, yes. And then I said, I want to be a quarterback. And uh, he didn't discourage me. He didn't talk me down. He, you know, he just said, hey got to work at it. This is the, the, the toughest position on the field and, you know, it's going to require some work. And so I knew my skills weren't up to the level of some of the freshmen and, and sophomore kids that they had. But my work ethic is what captured their eye. And that's what got me on the field And I started, you know, my freshman and sophomore year.
0: So now, once, you know, because Coach Washington of course is, is a legend in terms of the fact that, you know, he was the first black coach in the area. And the yes. fact that he uh, got the most out of his kids, and he, and yes. he would, you know, walk across hot coals for them. Yes. What story might you tell us about Coach Washington that would give us an idea, or give them an idea of what kind of man he was? Well, there's oh boy. I mean, I
1: don't even know if we got enough time on this podcast. <laughs> <I> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of stories. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, particularly for me. Um, and I remember one time as a junior, you know, he called a play and I questioned it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if a lot of people ever been yelled at my coach Washington face to face, but I got a face <laughs> full of spit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I went back to the huddle and the kids all knew, you know, hey, you got a last. I said, yeah, I'll never take something else he called. So let's go. Let's <laughs> run the play. He called. But uh he, he, you know, he just he was just uh, uh you know, he's a seasoned coach by the time I got there. Uh, you know, he pretty much knew. Uh I mean, you, you take our year, my senior year, we were, you know, uh we beat Tracy for the first time in like eight, nine years and uh we were battling. It was us stag for the championship and ended up losing the stag at our place, standing room only. Uh so, you know, uh, you know, playing for a legend like that is, is one of the reasons
0: that I knew when I got done with high school, I knew I wanted to go into college That's Okay, that 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 was going to be my next question. You beat me yeah. to it. Now, let me ask you this. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Edison has a long history, an incredible history, of athletes that have played there, that have gone on to do either great things in life or do things on the field uh, yeah. as far as playing in college or playing professionally. Who were the guys you looked up to when you were coming up and he had the opportunity to see in Edison High School. Who were those guys?
1: Well, I was one of those kids in the ninth grade. I would look at old yearbooks. And so I knew Edison's history more than any of the kids that were in my classroom. Uh, you know, I knew about the Hello? Yeah. Okay, you well, can, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I love the way he loved to work out and train. And uh he would always, when he would come home from school, he would come to to Edison and I'd get the throw to him. And I'd watch him just sweat from top to the bottom. And I'm like, you know, this is what it's going to take to get to that level. I want to be, you know, that guy. So, um, you know, he was a guy that I looked up to. Uh, Derek Nard was was a guy who kind of took me under his wings when he was at Edison. Didn't let a lot of the older kids bother me. My, my brother Raymond was another one who kind of you know took me under his arms, you know. And uh, Darren Arbet, you know, those were the guys that I got to see. But I always heard about the Oliver Hellmans, the Tubby Harolds, the Willard Harolds, uh-huh. the Viney brothers. Uh, Ike Nelson was another guy who I would see in the community who would sure. talk about you know his time. Uh, Billy Sims was my idol because he was a quarterback. I thought he was the first black quarterback, but I found out he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but he was always the first black quarterback to me. Uh, and I, you know, I went to church with Billy and grew up with his his brothers and sisters. So, and his father used to mentor me every time I would walk home from practice. I would see him in front of Gray's Liquor Store, and he would give me Billy's uh, statistics: <laughs> what he threw in this game, what he threw in that game. So, it, it, you know. That history runs deep at that school, man. And it's it's uh, one of the things that, that attracted me to come back because a lot of that history has been lost. And we're trying to reclaim right. that. We're trying to bring that back. That's why I hire coaches that have played there and went there that they understand that it, it's a different entity at Edison than it is at any other high school in Stockton. And it's because of the mantra of the alumni that have come through there and poured back into that school. Uh, you know, this generation is kind of lost. Uh, you know, as far as who these guys are, you know, I talk about J.D. Hill. And, you know, right. kids, these kids don't know who J.D. Hill is. You know, then they see his wow. Buffalo Bill helmet in our case, and they see his picture. Who is that, coach? This is what I'm telling you about. One of the first football camps I ever went to was the J.D. Hill football uh, camp. You know, those are we what we're trying to, <laughs> to bring back to the South Stockton and let these kids know well, that, please. you know, uh, there's a reason we have the most – NFL guys that come out of this area from Edison High School, it was because of the legacy that Coach Washington and Ben Parks you know, laid down.
0: Well, I don't know if you read the story I put out about, I would written a story about the number of players that came from Edison that turned pro.
1: Yeah, I read And
0: that. it got, I, it went viral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people didn't really know there's only one high school in Northern California that's ever had that many players turn pro. Right. One, and it was Berkeley High, which is I, I ain't never heard of anybody from that. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, about Berkeley but, High.
1: It's turned out it was some some guys, Hannibal Navies. Uh, They've you know they got a list of guys from up there. Matter of fact, one of their guys was a coach on my staff, Dante Marsh, who, who played uh, at Berkeley yeah. High. and He played in the pro so. Their history is is deep, but, you know, ours is a little bit more up to date as far as current players. Theirs, you go back to the 50s and 60s, you know, and then early 70s where a lot of their guys are are, are heavily, but, yeah. But, uh, you know, that was the the one reason when the opportunity, when when Brett Tolliver called me and asked me to come back to Edison, uh, I jumped on it, you know, because it was a chance to uh, get back to my alma mater, get back to my community and and do it the right way and do it the way that it's supposed to be done and let our kids know that yeah there is rich tradition and rich history at this school and you know you can't trample on it you can't disrespect it you can't you know because these people have laid the ground so that you can be able to to do what you do you know i always tell people you know the do edison high school that you know lavelle hawkins rubens jackson the light how much you know, they were the first ones that, to, you know, in the 80s and 90s to pack that thing out like that. So, you know, I, that's <laughs> why I gave them the credit for that new stadium because you know, they were, you know, you couldn't find a seat in there when LaBelle was playing, uh, when Lionel and was playing. You know, it was just packed every week. And then I think we had one of the largest crowds in Stockton oh, who played Lincoln. You know, always. Ended up losing that game, but it was standing room only there. You know, people that came out that had come watch the Edison football game in 15, 20 years.
0: Well, one of the, the coolest parts about that story that I wrote was I actually got contested. I had got a call from a De La Salle assistant. Right. Who said, that's not true. That's not true. We've had the most kids in Northern California. I, I gave him the link. I, it was yeah. to NFL uh, uh, nFLreferences.com
1: Right.
0: He got on it, called me back and apologized. And said, yeah. I, I, I and,
1: didn't and, know that. And you know something? <laughs> I'm going to give you another fact. That's not even the full complete list because the basic no. deal is who no. signed an NFL contract. And Correct. we have several kids. Uh, you know, Al Smith, Ahmad Lewis, yep. you know, yep. uh, that have signed NFL contracts. They just didn't make the team. Uh another one was uh a young man that played for me and then came after me, he ended up going to Fresno State and uh he was a track guy. I don't know his name is is killing me right now, but he signed with the uh, uh St. Louis Cardos and played, and it went over to Canada, had a great career in Canada, uh, and, you know, so we've got several guys that don't even hit the radar, but have been in NFL camps and been in NFL rosters that didn't get to make our, you know, our wall of fame, even at Edison, you know, and so, uh, you know, it, we've got about 15, 17 guys up there, but there's supposed to about 22 to 23, you know, they all signed NFL contracts and played, so... You know, and, uh, you know, then if you want to talk college, that, that list goes on and on. <laughs> you know, we got well, some great college collegiate players that have come out of
0: there, too. Let's get into what Edison has become or what Edison has uh, turned into over the last few years uh, since your arrival. I remember <laughs> you and I had a conversation, and I had said to you that the most important thing that I had noticed was a culture change.
1: Yeah.
0: That you guys, you came in, and you decided you were going to change the culture. Yeah, tell get get let the people let the listeners know. Yeah, what you know what you told me that day and what your your intent was and what you what you meant to do.
1: Well, when I was there in in the early two uh, thousands, you know, I, I was a young coach, was full of myself. You know, I thought I could walk on water and, and couldn't nobody tell me anything. And so I pushed the envelope a lot when it came to the rules. Uh, you know, they try to say that you know I was illegally recruited. I've never been. Indicted for illegal recruiting, you know it was rules and practices like having a football on the field or blocking them. That's what I was. That's what Edison was put on probation for when I was there. So when the opportunity, when I got the call to come back to Edison by Brett Tolliver and, and Brian Beeter and and uh, Rich, that was my calling. I, and I tell people this all the time. I believe that was God saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you a second chance." to go back and do it the right way. And all I thought about was Charlie Washington when I told him I wanted to come back, I want to have an opportunity to do it the right way. I want to have to, to bring the culture that Charlie had built. And I didn't want to tarnish that. But I felt that tarnished it when I was there before. And I wanted to have an opportunity to make that right again. So when I got the job, you know, I, I immediately started contacting guys that had played me, the Lavelle Hawkers, and Timmy Browns, uh, you know uh, I, I went after guys who understood what it meant to, to be Addison like you know the Anthony Bakers who, who have been coaching there already and this is no knock on the on the coaches that were there before me but it was just a culture of losing that was going on that it went on for years and so I knew when I got it I'm not you know some uh, Pied Piper that's going to come in there and just change everything I knew I had to bring guys in you know Marcus Banks another good friend of mine Morris Harper. I had to bring those type guys in who understood what it meant to put on a moon and gold uniform to change this culture of losing. And once we got that, we, we you know we contacted uh, Lavelle through his contacts. He got a hold of Desmond. He got a hold of Marsh. Uh, you know Tim Brown, and you know I, I you know so I got Orlando Evans out of retirement to come coach. And we put together a dynamite staff, and we all sat down and we said, "Look, this isn't going to happen overnight." And I said, "But what we got to do is we got to teach these kids how to hit. We got to teach these kids how to tackle. We got to teach these kids how to catch and run. Those are all fundamentals that will never change in football. And what we got to do is get our kids to understand there's a right way to do that and a right way to play. Once we did that and our kids bought it in, it has been it's been night and day over there. And and you know have people come back and tell me, hey, thanks for bringing it back. You ain't thinking me. You got to thank my coaching staff because those are the guys who put the time in with these kids." These kids didn't know how to chew gum and tie their shoe at the same time. So our guys really, really worked. And, we're, we're, and I want people to understand, too, we, we just want to be competitive in this High School. But my goal as a head coach is to be the best in the area. Uh, you know, I always throw St. Mary's out there because they've had the mantle for the last few years. But my goal is to be better than them. My goal is to put a better product out there than what they're putting out there. My goal is for our team to be able to play. In other states, just like they're playing, you know, go to L.A., go to uh, um, Texas or Louisiana and play top teams. That's my goal because our kids on the south side need to experience that. And and the ultimate goal is, like our coaches said, is, hey, we need these kids signing scholarships, man. They need to get out. Right. They need to go see. There's other parts that, you know, like LaBelle said, I was blessed. I got a chance to go see what the other world looks like. I got a chance to travel all the them. And guess what? I came back home, and I'm pouring back into my community. So, you know, there's not enough money that you can pay a head coach to hear one of his former players say that. Because I preached that to those guys when they were young. Hey, when you make it, and you're going to make it, when you have an opportunity, come back to your community and pour back in. And like I said, Orlando graduated from Maryland, got his degree. Uh, um, Lavelle graduated from Cal Berkeley, got his degree. Tim Brown graduated from Temple, got his degree. You know, um, uh, Baker, uh, Anthony Baker graduated from Glenville State in West Virginia, got his degree. Those are the type of coaches that I want coach with me. Don't just talk it to these guys. Live it. Hey, when the kids tell you you ain't get this work done, hey, you you you've got an experience to tell them. Hey, this is what's gonna happen when you get your work done. You're gonna have an opportunity to get a scholarship, you're gonna have an opportunity to go play. And then you come back and go into that next year. You know, Ernie Bass, <laughs> the great Ernie Bass, late Ernie Bass used to say, hey, take if each one reaches one, you know, each one teaches one. You know, and that's what that's
0: what I'm trying to accomplish in South Stockton. Well, and the, and seeing that, and I'm now that leads right into what I was going to ask you next or bring up next. You, what you've done successfully, is you brought the community back into Edison High School. The way that Stockton or this area has become now, we've sort of become the bedroom community for the Bay Area. Right. People have come out of the Bay because it was so expensive. And they started to move down here in the Valley. Yep. And so a lot of them don't understand the history of schools like Edison. Right. And so you have a lot, this is more like a, a transitional type thing. Right. But what you've done is you've gotten people to understand that the community has always supported Edison, right? They got disappointed for a while when they weren't winning, right? Exactly. But now you're back.
1: Yeah. Explain I, I'm not to people. We're back yet. We're, we're still striving to get there. But I tell you what, we're 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 itching closer and closer. And the biggest thing is, like I tell people all the time, you know, before they lay me in the ground, man, I I want to be able to see South Boston with maroon and gold all in the stores, maroon and gold on their cars, out on my. one time in this little town called Del Oro. And I walked around and all I saw was black and gold. And all I saw was Del Oro High School. And I said, you know what? That's South Stockton. That could be us. You know, and that's so that's the visions that I have for South Stockton. That's the visions I have for our kids. We're not trying to be one upsmanship on someone else. We're providing a culture where a kid's gonna come to us and he's gonna have fun playing football, but he's gonna learn from the best. Well, who better can you learn from the NFL guys that I've got on my coaching staff for giving their time and their money
0: and their talent? Well, that's what makes all of this all seem uh, so positive. Yeah. And I would tell anybody in the community, well, you've done a great job with it. And like I said, I, I'm your biggest cheerleader. So, you know, I I, I I enjoy what it is that you're doing. So. Folks, we, uh, welcome to the latest edition of S.O.S. Simmons on Sports Radio podcast show. And we're on segment two right now, speaking with Booker Dyke. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good for it, old man. Okay. Uh, We've been trying to get segments down, folks, and had some issues as far as uh, getting our transmission together. So we're hoping that everything works out better this time. Yes, sir. So my- Let's try it this time, and let's uh, go back to uh, a topic that we had started to talk about. Uh, you, uh, you went to the University of Pacific after you left Edison High School. What were you, you, When you were recruited at a high school, what schools were giving you a look?
1: Well, the school, UOP was looking at me. They just were confused with what I was going to play. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bobby Cope had just gotten hired in 83 as a new head coach at UOP, and they had been to a couple of games. And then expressed to Coach Washington that they liked me as an athlete. They didn't know if I could play quarterback or wide receiver or DB. And uh, then Grambling State University came in and, uh, and I took that route uh, my freshman year. I went to Grambling State University and uh, was there in, uh, in Grambling, Louisiana for a full year as a freshman and uh, got homesick and you know, I was missing my friends and missing my family and so I came back home and uh jumped in at Delta College and played two seasons at Delta and then UOP came knocking again. And this time well, they wanted you. me as a receiver. <laughs> so they came in and offered
0: well, okay. okay. When you went down to Grambling, did you get a chance to be around Coach Eddie Robinson? Uh
1: I was around him every day. Uh extraordinary man. Uh very, very personable. Uh you know, for a guy who who was a legend and, and uh, you know doing a lot of TV shows and stuff, he was still made time for his players uh, and even me being away from California. You know, he treated me you know like I was special and, and took me under his wing, made sure that I knew that I was going to redshirt my freshman year there. I wasn't going to be able to compete, but he said that I would have every opportunity in the spring. And then when the spring came, uh, I was still eighth on the depth chart. <laughs> And uh, and I could kind of see the writing on the wall that they were kind of paying a lot of attention to the local kids, kids from that area getting mm-hmm. all the run. Mm-hmm. And I just told myself, hey, you know, this is not going to be it. And I remember calling uh, my cousin, and he just told me, hey, just come on and go to Delta, man. It worked for me. It worked for you. And I did. Yeah.
0: So now. When you played at University of Pacific, there was, was that the old PCAA conference? The
1: first year I was there was the PCAA. And then okay. the second year, my second year is when we transitioned into the Big West.
0: Now, who were the teams that were in uh, that conference at that
1: time? Cause I remember a yeah, few. The PCAA was UNLB, Cal State Fullerton, right. Cal State Long Beach, San Jose State, Wow. University of Pacific, Utah State, and New Mexico.
0: So only about 3 of those still play football even to this day. Right, exactly. Wow, yeah. cuz like I said I re- I used to go to those games at UOP and you know I remember seeing Randall Cunningham play and yes, sir <laughs> when he was playing for UNLV. Yes, sir. Um
1: David Allen at that Fullerton,
0: Mark Collins, it, and I was just about to say yeah. that. <laughs> Because uh, it was funny because whenever we I would go to watch a USC game to go watch my brother, most of the time we were sitting somewhere near the Allen. Right. And so Damon and I got to be really good friends because we were the second guy. Yes. Yep, yep, Yeah. <laughs> so we were the brother. Yeah. <laughs> and so we got to be pretty good friends. So I was going to bring him up in that situation. Now, at that time, um... That the the conference wasn't necessarily a Big Five or whatever.
1: No, no. What? It, it, okay, it was a it was a what they call a mid tier conference. Uh, okay, we, meaning we were not on the level of a pack. Uh, at that time, pack Pac Ten. Uh, you know, we definitely weren't Big Twelve or Big Ten, and, and nowhere near the SEC. So, well, we were the uh, right now it'd be equivalent to the one double A conference, like Saxton, Weaver State. Okay. Uh, uh, Idaho State, you Got know, it, it was kind of comparable to that that here back then. It was still Division One football, and we played some major powerhouses. But it was not, you know, it wasn't a blow your blow your doors down type of league.
0: <laughs> now, um, for for they do they have a uh, national championship. Sort of playoff type thing, or was it? No, no, uh, we, ours
1: um, was, the, was the California Raisin Bowl. That's what we played for in the, Big okay. in the PCAA, the Big West. And uh, Fresno State died uh, and, years. Uh, and then San Jose State started to battle them towards the end of my career. Uh, but we never got a chance to get there. Our, my biggest highlight of my career in UOP was we beat uh, University of Minnesota. Richie Foggy was the quarterback. Uh, right. uh Lou Holtz was the coach. We beat them in the Humphrey Dome. And then uh, my other big win was we beat Fresno State my senior year. That had not happened in years. So that's huge. Yeah. And, that's uh, huge. And uh, <laughs> so those were those were big signature wins for me when I played at UOC. And it was funny because we beat Minnesota on – and then we were all over ESPN, national television, coming out to our practice. Yeah and we turn around and we lose the division two Davis the next week. You talking about being in the penthouse (laughs) one week and in the outhouse the next.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's not cool at all. Um, And see, and and for a lot of the youngsters that are in this area, they don't understand the significance of the old UOP stadium because they don't see it anymore. As kids, you and I grew up driving by University Pacific and you saw it
1: there. Oh, it was an awesome sight. You know and, and you know, and I used to do a lot of extensive training in there. It's probably it was one of the best training facilities. A lot of right. the, uh, local NFL guys would come home, and that's where we trained at right there, doing feet. The, and uh, I used to use it too, exactly. You know, you know <laughs> running the stairs, I you know, was at a, a 30,000 seat stadium, so those stairs were steep.
0: And uh uh yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I remember that. And uh so
1: that was that was our training ground, man. And I mean me, Webster Slaughter, Mike Merriweather, uh Reuben Hart, right, you know, uh Gene Thomas, you know, we we, we all trained in there man and and, uh, and did battle in that stadium and uh and uh so it, it when they tore it down man, it, it was like a piece of my heart when we when, when that stadium came down.
0: Well, when, you know, because, you know, it's been so long. Well, it, not really, but it's sort of like now that it's not there, the the local kids really don't realize what an event it was right. on a Saturday night or a Saturday afternoon to go watch UOP football. Exactly. I remember that's where you saw the homies. Yeah. That's where you went to go watch the game and hang out with, with the homies.
1: You know, and, and I tell people... You know, they asked, you know, well, how was it playing at home in your home crowd? I mean, you felt like a rock star, man, because every high school kid was there uh, from all over Stockton. You know, I'd be out in the mall after a game, people knew who you were. And, uh, you know, so that's why I said, it's an experience that, you know, if I had to do all over again, I'm right there, you know. And 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 I, I, uh, educationally, it, it offered a lot of good things. I was just a knucklehead and didn't take advantage of the educational aspect. <laughs> When i was there i had to go finish up in sac state to get my degree but uh you know it's just uh, the school is you know uh an awesome school academically an awesome school the teachers were great uh i i you know, met donnie moore who brought me to christ uh at uop you know i mean i'm, not, I'm from a family of pastors but me accepting the Yes, you home. are. You know, through Donnie Moore at UOP. And, uh, you know, and where I understood I had to have a personal relationship with Christ, uh, Donnie Moore did that. So uh, I would change it for, for nothing in the world, man.
0: Well, what at that time, and, and even, even present day, even though UOP doesn't do football, yeah. the UOP had a much, in my opinion, a much stronger presence in this city in terms of its impact and its and its outreach well yeah. um when you were playing there i know it was so go ahead and go into that a little bit as far as what the community did to support the university of pacific when you
1: well you got to understand something university was the face of stockton at that time you know like, right. uh, people don't you know outside of stockton people don't know you know, you got to tell you got to say, Oh, I went to University of Pacific, or you know, I went to uh, you know, this you say Stockton, oh, I'm 30 miles south of Sacramento. That's how the reference was. But they knew about UOP <laughs> basketball, they knew about UOP football. Our volleyball put us on the map. Our volleyball coach Duddy was an uh, Olympic coach, you know, coached the Olympics. Yes, he was. Uh, you know, my uh, one of the girls who stayed in the uh, dorms down, uh, Elena Oak, stayed right down the hall from me. You know, these were were powerhouse girls in that volleyball program. And then basketball, you know, with Coach O'Neill, and, you know, and Tristan Gray and, you know, Domingo Rosario and, you know, uh, Roberto Mendezco, right. these guys, you know, that I went to school with. People don't even know uh, uh, John Barry. He was freshman of the year at, at uh, UOP before he transferred to Georgia Tech. That's right. You know, these were guys That's that right. I, I used to play noon ball with. And me and Tristan, we, you know, me, Tristan, and Huey, we rented an apartment over the summer when we were going to summer school, you know, so, uh, you know. It, they, they,
0: and folks, when he says Huey, he's talking Hugh about Hugh Jackson, Jackson yes. former Raider. Former head Raid coach. coach
1: of the Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders, you know. Right. Uh, you know and, right. and so, you know, that's the type of stigma that that school had. So when you talked about Stockton back then, man, that's the first thing that hit people's mind was University of Pacific. You know, and you had renowned, uh, renowned people who went to school there. Uh, and I was fortunate, man, because you know my father blazed the trail for me. He, you know, went to school there and then taught on the campus uh, with you know Delta College campus used to be on UOP's campus. So you know, I was I was known by faculty members uh, before I hit the ground. You know, and started going to school there. <laughs> so it was a legacy thing for me. But I just knew for the city of Stockton. The minute they took football away, man, you took a piece of our identity away.
0: Thank you for being one of the people that will admit that. Because, you know, even though the program had its ups and downs over the years, if, you know, when you even when you, it was huge, of course, when it went back to the days of Dick right. Bass. That's when my mom was going exactly. to school there. But, but what people don't understand, you also brought this up too, which I thought was, you know, was wonderful. Delta's college, Delta College
1: campus used to be right yeah. there. Exactly. I, and hey, so I used to go to class with my dad. We the taught classes on that campus in long theater. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I remember it very well. I remember when we the Delta first opened in 1972 at the campus where it's at now. I remember when that transitioned. You know, the, the Delta football team That's used right. to practice over where the baseball field is. That was the old Delta football game. You did see? You know, so, <laughs> you know, where the little quantum Huts were. You know, so, I, you know, it's like I said, I grew up on that campus. That's why it was a no-brainer for me when it came down to choosing to go to school. You know, I could have went to San Diego State uh, where a lot of people thought I should have went, but I just knew I wanted to play in front of my home crowd. I wanted to play in front of my friends, my family, and, uh, and, and I got that opportunity for my dad and for my mom to see me, my sisters. You know, they didn't have to go travel, you know, uh, everywhere else to, to go see the play. So, I, I
0: like it. I enjoyed it. Well, it's that home cooking because, like I said, you know, one the, the familiarity and the importance of UOP sports to Stockton gets lost these days because sometimes they really, I don't think they do it on purpose, but they kind of remove themselves from the community when back in the day it was a part of the community.
1: Exactly.
0: And... When you went to games, you went there and you saw your friends and you, you know, you talked about guys you saw because for me it was a basketball right. thing. It was mm-hmm. John Chenelli, It was, you know, John Eric Hart, It was Bill Stricker. It was Coach DeWitt. <laughs> See, these were all guys that meant something to me. Yeah. And, and then the campus itself did too because they would invite me as a young man to go play up there with the guys that were exactly. in college and guys that were, you know, and so, and, and that was part of of the community of the community being a part of the school. But Now I just no, don't believe it, 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 that they do that same dis- sort of thing. There's I- a
1: huge disconnect, like I said. You know, when you you have homecoming there now, it's not the same. And you know, and I'm not knocking right. sports. You know, I'm not knocking basketball. I'm not knocking volleyball, but it's just not the same. Right. Of doing a homecoming when football season was in. I remember meeting Chester Caddis for the first time. He would come home for a homecoming. You know, this was a legendary, you know, coach there. I remember, I remember yeah. meeting Eddie Macon yeah. came to one of our homecomings. You know, Dick Bass, you know, uh yeah. little Eddie LeBaron. Yeah. You know, I couldn't believe this cat played in the Eddie. NFL. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, That's he right. really came up to my, my waist. Yeah. But, you know, was a, was an all in a quarterback. You know, I've met all those guys, I gotta shake hands with you know, I got to uh, you know, and they were great people. You know, like Ralph McClure, who was one of the biggest boosters there. Uh, Gene Conti, another big booster there. You know, those guys—they were—they were great people, and they treated us well. You know, they—they—they—they they, they, they wanted to see football. You know, uh, Bob Eagleheart, rest in peace. You know, he put his money where his mouth was every year, making sure that program didn't suffer. Bob Yamada, you know, That's another right. person That's right. put his money where his mouth was, and they wanted to see you open football succeed and uh um, and that was the thing that you know we went away on trips those guys made it happen those guys made me feel like i was in a big time program
0: that's awesome stuff man and i I would really i don't know how it would ever happen but i would really like to see something like that ever return even though i know i'm pipe dreaming because it's too expensive but Uh, yeah i mean that's that's that's, 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 there's a lot of theories
1: that go into that but you know i'm not here to, to cause uh uh, problems or issues. I just know that you know it would be a of no, This no, 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 no. for me that in no. my lifetime before I leave this earth to be able to to watch a UOP game in a UOP stadium. And uh you that's know, what I'm and, talking. Uh, and I don't care what. That's what I'm say at, You know, it's just that hey, I know the fight right. song. I still sing it.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, you know, and that's because that's where I went to school at. That's where I played, and I represented that that place very well. And, and and I just felt, you know, like I said, it was just a hard, you know. And I thought when the Niners had came to practice there, I was just, I was just hoping that all these little entities that they were doing there and and, and, and would be able to keep football there. Uh, you know, I was upset because I thought that uh, uh, the guy who owned the Charges, I felt that he should have stepped in more. You know, it wasn't his place, but it just—I was very bitter when they took it away, because it was just, like I said, you know, it was—it was. It was uh, that's where I went to school. That's where I played. I was fortunate enough when I was the head coach at Brookside Christian, we got to play there. So I got the feeling of coming down that tunnel again, walking down Tiger Paul Alley onto the field, and uh, you know, so you know, I, I had my experiences, but it, it's just—it's sad to see it gone because it was—it was the centerpiece to me of this community.
0: See, and that's, that's what I'm, what I'm saying is that, you know, that, and, you know, it's not an issue of whether or not, uh, you know, well, the reason or the importance of why it happened, but just the fact that it's not that centerpiece. And, and, you know, it's that whole thing with our town now that I think that we all need to, uh, try to get back to. And that's one of the things that I, I really appreciate seeing Edison do is Edison starting to reach back. And starting to get into oh, yeah. the community and starting to get you know, that kind yeah. of support. And I'd like to see more high schools doing that, period. Because uh that's that's that I I, I can't begin to explain what it's like to just be in town and to be yeah. that guy.
1: And and the big issue is that's that's something you know? that, you know, our coaching staff, we thrive on. We 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 thrive on trying to make other other programs better. Do what we do. And uh, and it's not a braggadocious thing, it's a competitive thing. You know, I don't want to be King Honto on a hill by myself. I want to be King Honto and I got to battle St. Mary's every year. I got to battle Lincoln every year. I got to battle Stag every year. Any year, anybody can be knocked off. That's when you know your level of football has come up to a level where it's supposed to be. And, you know, what I'm hating this now, because a lot of coaches don't want to roll up their sleeves and go to work. You know, they don't want to do that. So what they do is they rather hate on me, or he's a cheater, or he's this, he's that. kid. All he does is recruit kids. No, that's the easy ride out. Why don't you roll up your sleeves and go to work like we do? Because I can guarantee you this. Dive in go to work. Me, but I'm coming back. I'm going to get you. And when I get you, all that is <laughs> competitiveness that's letting you know that, hey, we're going to go to work just like you go to work. And that's what brings the level of football up in this community like it used to be. The old SJAA. People don't know about the old. Others. They don't exactly. want to sleep down so bad that it's, it's a joke. Yeah. The old S-J-double-A, Any given day, yeah. brother, you can get that that butt tapped.
0: You, you had to, to bring it, bring it every because week. you knew you.
1: And so that's the <laughs> level, of football whoever I'm you were playing, man, to. they
0: wanted that smoke. Whoever they want, whoever you played, they really yeah, wanted that's that smoke. The level I'm trying you to get be back to, man. And, and, and
1: and to where you know when we go into Tracy's, brother, and it'd be packed house. You know, because that's what it used to be. You know, you know, and that's, you know, that's I, right. I talked to guys like Wayne Snyder when he had it rolling back then. He used to tell me, we loved playing against Edison. We loved it. Because mm. we knew you guys were bigger, faster, and more talented. But we had to work. And they did. He had great teams there. You know, and so, you know, but yes, he now did. <laughs> you know, people think, oh, I'm all ecstatic because I beat a team 50 to nothing. There's no fun in that. There's no fun in no. that. There's no, I lost my mm. best player. Because of that, because he got tired of sitting the yeah. at halftime, so he took himself yeah. to a level where he gets to stay in the game and play the whole game. I'm not mad at the kid. I love the kid, I think he's going to do great where he's going. But mm. I lost him because the competitiveness around here has gotten so low that he was dominating so bad that he he would, he would get told at halftime you're not playing anymore, and he got frustrated hearing that. Well, yeah,
0: and and and. I appreciate your honesty in bringing that uh, situation forward because let's face it, it's the elephant <laughs> in the room. You have a lot of people who, well, I mean, yeah, I'm just going to be yeah, honest. You know yeah. I'm not, you know how I am. Luke. I'm not, I'm not going to sit up here and no. soft soap, nothing. The elephant in the room was, you know, people would want to know, or, you know, hey, why did this young man, you know, decide to go to school in Los Angeles? You just explained oh. it perfectly. And as somebody... Who went to games locally, as you know, I go to games and do what I can to help, you know, uh, get the word out about exactly. stuff in the community. But I saw what you're saying. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't hear about it. I saw it. You, you, when you guys were dominating people with 35, 28, 35 points in the first period. How does that help him? And,
1: and, that's, and that's what it <laughs> boiled down to. You know, and, you know, people want to twist stories and you know want to write things and say nasty things have love for that young man. I wish him well. We've talked. He, he's doing what's best for him. And and I'm the one who had to look on his face when he get get told at halftime that you're done. You know, he has goals too. He has things that he wants to accomplish. But I, I, I just wanted right. people to understand that, hey, this thing is deeper than what you think it is. This is no knock on the young man and what he wanted to do. He's a competitor. He wants to play at the highest level. So, me as a coach, who am I to tell him no? You got to stay here, and you know, you know, I'm gonna badmouth the kid. That's wrong for me to do that. All I know is this: I wish you he well. He's gonna be successful wherever he goes. Now it's next man up in my my program, and we got some very talented kids there. That is. so now we gotta find out who the next Raleigh is. And 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 we're not. the next one? You know, a reporter said to me one time, "Well, you know, what's it gonna be like going back to lose?" I, I had to tell him, i had to check him. Hey, man." We. Before Raleigh got here, what are you talking about? And one man don't make no show. I got several outstanding football players on my team. Raleigh knows that. But Raleigh got tired of sitting in the line and not being able to play a full game because we were blowing teams out so bad during the league. And that's where I'm saying when we got to the playoffs, it was a little scary for me because we were never tested. Then we roll the first round, and, we get, and every time we get to the second round, we're, we're we're biting nails because we're not getting tested. So this year, I loaded up our schedule. Yeah, and I loaded up my schedule because I thought I was going to have Raleigh here. But I'm not shying away from it. You know, we played. We you know, we well, opened up with Lincoln High School. Second week, we got O'Bale, okay who's a power. Third week, we got Grant.
0: Ooh, where's that? That's run, home. Road.
1: Third week, we got Grant. Oh. We have Grant at home. Fourth week, we go play the, the last year's Division One state champions in Fresno Central High School. Fifth week, we fifth yeah. week we to Demonte Ranch in Reno. So I ain't shying away from nobody, brother. <laughs> you know, no, and, and, no. and, and, and I said that because what? we have to get past the second round. That's our goal in this this maturation period, and I've got the players to compete. Well. And, hey, when you have the plans to compete, Nothing you push better. up your schedule and you beef it up. So, we're, our motto is that Edison is mm. we want that smoke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I love it. We want I that absolutely smoke. Love now it. Now we got the smoke and it's getting handy to us. Because, now we got to deliver. Because I'll tell you something. I was covering another game when you guys went to the Folsom game, yeah. when you guys played Folsom. But I also was watching the game (laughs) at the same time because uh, somebody that I knew that was there actually went ahead and posted the game on Facebook live. And I can tell you myself, I was making people crazy in the stands because I was yelling (laughs) and screaming at the way that game was going down, man. I'm serious. I was like, oh, they just scored. Yeah, (laughs) Tell me or tell tell my listeners, man, let them know what that experience was like for you and your kids to take on a school with a with, you can pretty much say yeah. national promise, a school like that, take them on at their house and smack them in the well, mouth. You, you Talk you to remember
1: me. a year ago where we got obliterated and abused the first minute and thirty seven <laughs> seconds of the game. You know, it was fifty-one nothing half.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to so, talk you know, about that.
1: That's a good. <laughs> that's a good uh, uh, teacher. Uh, when it comes down to playing them the second time around, and ninety uh, percent of those kids on that team went through that. My quarterback, who threw two interceptions in the first quarter, that led to touchdowns. He had the, the game of his life <laughs> this year. You know, I mean, he played out of yeah, his mind. He did. And, you know, so that's the type of thing that we, as coaches. Yeah, we got our bus whooped, we accepted it like a man, and we went back and we went to work. So when we got back to that situation, hey, yeah, the outcome didn't come the way we wanted it, but you know what, I walked out of that stadium very proud of every last one of my kids. I mean, from the kid who played the whole game to the kid who didn't play at all. I was very proud of all of them because they were into it, they fought, my offensive coordinator called the best game of his life, my defensive coordinator had the best plan you could ever have to stop them, and all those Division One players they had, uh, you know, my coaches coached their butt off, and I was so proud of yeah. that. So it was a moral victory, in spite of the fact that we lost and how close we lost by it because we could have won, and we had an opportunity. And we had an well, opportunity it, to win. The it. So I was a head coach, man. I was ecstatic because, and I told our kids, "Remember this feeling, so that when we get here next year, you will understand what this feels like when you don't complete the task."
0: Well, that kind of segues, segues into my next uh, question. What do you got coming for next year? What who, who do you have? What kids are you counting on? What kids do you think can help you guys not only maybe, you know, take on a school like Folsom, but yeah. get to a section, a championship? Well, I'm, 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 I'm
1: heavy the oriented for? this year coming up. Uh, you know, that, and, and the, the juniors that are coming up, 90% of those juniors were starters as sophomores. So that gives you, that gives you a little bit of wow. uh, where we're at and, and, and why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, you know, we we have uh, a battle going at quarterback uh between uh Sav Darry, uh Marcial Jimenez, and we had a new kid who came in who transferred in uh Aiden Carr. So there's gonna be a three-way battle there, which is gonna make our program better. Uh DeWon Short, who's a sophomore level, gonna... receiver this year. Uh we're expecting big things out of him. The uh, Jackson is going to jump into the role of running back that uh, that Raleigh vacated. And we're expecting big things out of him. He's a bigger, faster uh, uh, kid. He's bigger than Raleigh. He's about six one, about 215, 220. And, uh, and he's equally as fast. He'll start, you know. So I'm ecstatic. You know, uh, Zach Tabu has been with us as a freshman. Been playing varsity since his freshman year. He's going to be a senior this year and he's going to anchor wow. the line. And uh, you know we got a kid, a tackle Caesar Ayala, another big six-six kid. Uh, so we're we're ecstatic about the kids that we got coming back. And you know, not to not to take place of all the kids we lost because we're losing some great kids. You know, Trey uh, Trey records. Yes. You, know, uh, you know, you know you can't replace yes. Trey Romp. You know, two-year starter. Uh, you know, just just under Orlando Evans, he was two loops as a quarterback and, and turned into a, a, a great player. You know, uh, uh, Artie Taylor, our safety. You know, I was just watching the game against Lincoln the other day on YouTube. And, you know, I didn't realize this kid was, you know, we're losing. He's going to Central Washington on a scholarship. <laughs> but, you know, he was a force back there at the same time. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, we got a
1: lot of young kids that are coming back. I've only got four seniors next year. So, we're going to be a, a sophomore and junior heavy-dominated team again. And I'm going to tell you something. My freshmen were 91 last year. There's about four or five guys I'm plucking to come to yep. varsity because they can play right now. So the talent <laughs> pool has not dried up in Edison. yeah. Raleigh is gone, and he's a great player. But our talent pool has not dried up. And that's what's going to shock a lot of people because a lot of people think, okay, uh, they're only doing it because they got Raleigh. Okay, well, Raleigh's gone now. Now what's the excuse going to be?
0: So do you and your staff take it as a challenge to make sure that you maintain what you guys built last oh, exactly. year and you're going to build That's on that? Is that how you guys are looking? At? To be
1: in this game. You know, if, you're, if you just want to be right. status quo, you know, be happy going 5-5 five five or 4-6, four, four then you're going to approach it in a, in a different manner. But we don't approach it that way. We have to improve on what we did last year. That is our motto going into the season. That's the reason we beefed up our schedule. We didn't beef up our schedule so we can go 0-5 in preseason. We want to beef up our schedule So we want to know because we do plan to be in the playoffs. And this is going to help us for that. And we want to be competitive in these games. And so, you know, it's it's a a situation where, you know, you can't coach with me, with with our guys, especially at the varsity level, if you're not coming in with the tenacity of rolling up your sleeves and going to work. We're a bring-your-lunch-fail type of staff. We are no-nonsense. We get after it. We get in your kid's tail. We don't sugarcoat it you know and uh uh but it's all with respect it's all with teaching them how to be a man and play like a man you know we open up practice with it drills you know and we're only allowed a certain certain amount of time for hit drills a week so we got to get in and get our 10 minutes and then we got to get out but it's got to be the most intensive 10 minutes that we can have because we got that's that's that's, that's what they've watered okay. it down. to. you know
0: what going into this year, what would you call what would you look back and say after the season was over? This is this was a good year, this is this was a another step forward. What, 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 and not necessarily by record, but 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 yeah, I include that too. Um, <laughs> what would you look at as a successful season in terms of the growth of your football well, team program, and program?
1: What would you team, say, and hey, sure the things I'm went sure well, the same is how well and how quickly this year's group adapted to our coaching style and our system. You know, when we first got together, we struggled because kids just didn't understand. They didn't know how to tackle. They didn't know how to run. They didn't know how to hit. You know, and we had to instill. So you got to go all the way back to basic one and then still try to put a winning product out there. That's very difficult. This year they gravitated to and believed and bought into what we were selling quick and early. We did a lot of things. Uh, we, we did some, some body over at UOP. We did a lot of things outside of Edison High School that really brought our, our team close together. It was a close knit group. And, you know, it was funny because I was just looking on Instagram the other day. One of our coaches posted up there, man, I'm, you know, he had a picture of our four captains. And he said, man, I'm sure going to miss you guys, but you know what? I'm excited for the next group that's coming. And that's our mantra. You know, that's that's what we're about. Yeah, we love you guys and we love what you did for us, but we're already excited about the next group that's coming to and uh, and that's and that's what we've kind of built around well, that, to where even our seniors come back. They want they want to challenge the guys. Hey, you know, it's almost like you know you look at if you ever seen the Last Chance U, where those guys expect
0: yeah. the guys oh, really yeah. need
1: them to do better oh, than what yeah. they do. You know, and that's what our guys, our, our seniors are like.
0: Well, that's what makes yeah. That's what makes a program is when you have the type of interaction and legacy. Where the guys right. who used to play come back and and tell the other cats, okay, this right. is what I taught you when I was here. Exactly. Now I want to see it on the field, partner. That's, exactly. That's what I left and, for and, you. And,
1: and, you know, and, and I remember having conversations with Coach Washington when I was there before. That's how it used to be. I, I remember talking to Randy Gaines, and Randy Gaines and That's said, oh, right. I was afraid to miss practice when I played at Edison in 1968. I said, What are you talking about, Randy? He said, Brother, because I knew if I left, there were three or four dudes just as good as me that was going to play. I would give him my position up for nobody And I'm like, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to get At Edison, man Where kids know they miss practice. That's the a culture <laughs> You know, I lost my job
0: And, and that's what
1: Randy said He said, hey, that's what made Edison so great And it wasn't just in one position It was all across the board
0: A whole bunch of them All I, across I, yeah. the board Because, See, that's the thing That's the thing that I'm seeing you build and it's like I said, it's like it, it's starting off from the ground up. Yeah. It's like somebody building a house. Yeah. The foundation was set. Now you you know putting in you've put up the frame. Yeah. Now you're putting in the windows, <laughs> and you're at the point now to where you're aiming yeah, at well, bigger things. But, but you, there's things use that you that context
1: want. Context of building the house because our model this year now is time to weatherproof the house. We done built the house now. Now it's time to weather because the storms are going to come and we got to still stand when the storms hit. When adversity hit, we got to still be standing. So we got to weatherproof our house now. That's what we're getting ready to do right now. We're going to make sure the windows don't break. We're getting ready to make sure the foundation is still strong. The foundation is my freshman program who went 91 last year. Got to make sure they repeat that again. So the infrastructure is my JV team. So we've got to make sure that those things are all in place and still rolling to keep this thing where it's at. And that's the challenge that our coaches know that they face when they come dealing with Edison.
0: Well, what's your depth look like? You guys look like you yeah, got well, some depth? we're
1: working on. It. And like I said, so it's going to be a lot of young pups feeling that depth because, you know, I graduated 21 seniors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, yes, you did. Seniors, <laughs> so, you know. But the beautiful thing about it is 90% of our stars were juniors and sophomores. So now I've got to replace them. So it, That's uh, right. Uh, i've got to make sure that we got adequate depth there so you know we're, we're averaging right now anywhere from before before coronavirus hit we had about 45 to 50 guys in the weight room and uh you know so that's not our complete team because we have a lot of guys who play on the sports but to come consistently i mean you know the first year i got there was eight so we went from eight to 50 kids showing up in the off season and lifting so they bought in to what we're talking about now. There you and go. what we're doing. So, the, and, and that culture. It's culture. Is, is happening. Like I said, it's, it's because of guys like LaBelle Hawkins, Tim Brown, Desmond Bishop, Orlando Evans, Anthony Baker, you know, those are the guys who are, who are making it happen. John Durham, those are the guys who are making it happen. Then, on top of that, to have an AD who supports everything that we do, who wants to make sure that we're on top, yeah. you know, and, and
0: and and Richie Lynch has, has done an awesome job with that, so we're gonna be all right, man. Yes, he has. Well, hey man, we got through <laughs> this without no glitches, man. I'm proud. I'm happy. <laughs> and hey man, I like I said, the best of luck to you this season. You you know, uh, like I said, you and I have known each other. So I don't even want to talk about it for how long. And <laughs> the thing about it is, is that it's good to see. These programs, are a high school program, back in the hands of people who understand, yeah. respect what it means, and honor the yeah. tradition. And I appreciate yeah, that.
1: And I, and I appreciate. And I, I appreciate really you. do. I appreciate the so, program. Uh, you know, that's what allows uh, guys like us to be able to get here and, 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 and let people know that we are alive. And, 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 and the beautiful thing about it is, <laughs> the, the thing I love about you, brother, is no stone gets unturned with you, bro. <laughs> No, so gets man. Nope, and it's not it's at all. Awesome avenue Four.
0: I'm trying to help kids. I'm trying to help program, yeah, and I'm trying it. to help stock. I'm yeah, doing all to that all in one
1: show on TV. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One
0: thing at a time, player. Uh, one thing at a time. <laughs> all right, Thank all right, you, book man. I, man. I, Thank I you, I you so did. much for the interview for the time, man. You have a great evening. And, uh, you know, folks, that's Simmons on Sports for uh, the radio talk show tonight. Right. Thank you so much. You. Have good a good bless, evening. Man.